people who were not with us last year did not know the full story of what happened last year during a time when we ate and some Jamaicans home would just say things that were so, so in, inadequate to my, I mean, it was so frustrating. The story you hear is never going to be as adequately told as the one who tells it to begin with, the person who the event happened to. I, I just don't want to tell this story and say, okay, this guy had a bathroom incident, two, two trips to Jamaica in a row, and then I'm going to be known for someone who's has issues with the, with the bathroom. That, I don't want to be known for that. <laughs> Welcome to the Faith, Finances, and F-Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another, and hopefully you too. Well, I heard from a listener last night, a fellow uh, college professor, so a colleague of yours. Oh, yeah. Probably the same guy I had lunch with yesterday. Maybe. <laughs> mutual mutual friend of ours. Yeah. We played bocce together. Yeah. Yeah, he asked me uh, last night. I was eating dinner with him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? It he is. didn't mention you. and Well, man. Yeah. So uh, we both ate with him on the same day. And he's a listener, so at this point, he knows who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, he does. So I guess I should say, we'll give a shout out to, what should we say? Should we say his first name or should we just say Presto? Presto. Shout out to Presto. Dr. Presto. Yeah. So he um, asked me last night if there had been any podcast, if we had any episodes that had been posted or published since the last one that he mentioned, which I think was the end of December. December 27th. And I said, no, we haven't because there have been so many different things going on. Me being out of the country for one Death in the family for another thing. It's not that we haven't recorded. We just haven't posted. So our faithful and loyal listeners have got to be so frustrated because it's been so long. But at this point, if they continue to listen, they listen in order. Uh, they've heard one before now, or maybe two or maybe three. <laughs> because for those who uh, haven't heard us from a while and that bothers them, which thank you so much. Thank you to any listener who says, I miss hearing you because that, that lets us know that, hey, someone out there is listening. That is kind of nice. We're just going to give you a, we're just going to drop an episode every day for a week. Question for you. Yeah. Is there been an episode released from the new recording studio? No, this, uh-huh. no. So these will be all new episodes. New and improved. New and improved from a new recording studio, and we could just put them all out in one week. We'll see how many people right. listen. Okay. Of course, if this happens, then then everything I've just talked about in this episode is redundant. There's no need to say okay. that. So, listener, thank you. You're listening, and we're very grateful. And now we've hit our first, first lull of this episode. Oh, you think it's funny, do you? Tate, you and your brother haven't taken your dad out yet, or that did happen? February 24th. Okay, so I don't know why I can't get that locked into my Well, we brain. didn't have a... Date. We just had a month. Oh, okay. We About hadn't locked it down. And from the last time we talked, I hadn't got any response back from my younger brother, but he was the first one to text back when I texted him and said, February 24th. He's like, got it. I'm looking forward to that. That's good. Hopefully your dad is too. Hopefully it will be he is. a good experience for yeah. you all, especially yeah. for you. How many contest submissions? Last time I have? checked, zero. Still zero? But that episode, we invited people again. Oh, to go. right. Right. I forgot. Okay. Yeah. So, just to sweeten so, the pot, I 
made all my students participate in my contest. Oh, yeah. I have eight additional guesses besides just ours. Oh, that's great. So we got at least 10 entries. That's great. Listener, we need you to talk to others, and they can listen to that episode on the contest. Still let you into the contest, because we have a lot of days left in the year. Right, and there are 10 entries. And so what we need to do is we would love to get about, we would love to get 15 more, 15 or 20 more. 15,000 more. 15,000 more. I went to Jamaica. Yes. I have another story from Jamaica. Could it possibly top your first one? No, but it is related to the bathroom. No one, no one was aware of this event happening. It was just me. So I really don't need to tell it. Wow. It could just stay with me. And then I wouldn't have to be, I don't know that I would be embarrassed about it, but it could be a little, you know, I I just don't want to tell this story and say, okay, this guy had a bathroom incident, two two trips to Jamaica in a row, and then I'm going to be known for someone who uh, has issues with the, with the bathroom. That, I don't want to be known <laughs> for that. This week in Jamaica, I spent time at the school. There were 43 people on the trip with us, and there were six of us that spent the week in the primary school. A tutoring kids through the week, helping them learn to read. And we did our tutoring in a staff room of the school. The school has bathrooms for the children, that are in a separate building. For the staff and faculty, there are there's a men's room and a women's room adjacent to the principal's office. We're there all day long. And on the first day in the afternoon, I needed to go to the bathroom. And how shall I say this? I needed to have a sit down. So I went into the men's room. What well, happened in this moment was what happens to everyone in a normal situation. There's nothing exponential about this. There's nothing irregular about this. In fact, it was quite regular. Things were perfect. But when I was done and it was time for me to leave the room, and the sink is on the outside of the bathroom, ah, by the okay. way, as I prepare to finish and leave that room so that I can wash my hands, I flushed it, but it did not flush. Uh-oh. And it was stopping up. Again, that's a normal thing. Happens to a lot of people. It's not like I filled the toilet with crap and it can't go down. It's not like that. There's just something wrong. I kind of tinker with it a little bit. I can tell that this isn't going down. I could, but there was no plunger. I go, there was no one in the women's bathroom. I go into the women's bathroom. There's no plunger. So I just went out and politely asked the principal, is there a plunger? So she sent one to go get one from the kids' bathrooms outside. They returned empty handed. She said, I don't know where it is. And I said, well, this toilet is, you know, stopped up. And so she said, yeah. So she said, the maintenance man isn't there today. She said, well, maybe I can call the plumber or whatever. She wrote a sign. She said, put this on the door and just, you know, lock the door out of order. You know, do not use. So we put that on the door on Monday. Go to school on Tuesday. The men's is still closed. She did have a plunger. She said, I think something's messed up in there. I think something's in the pipe because I can't get it. She said, you're probably much stronger than I am. Do you want to try? I'm using more muscle and everything because I'm like, it's got to dislodge. And I couldn't get it. Our coordinator, Nick Cardo. Came in and he said, no, Hartley, no, it's not. I said, yeah, I'm just trying to get it. I said, I've already worked on it. I'm trying to get it. So he and I both are trying to work on it. It doesn't. Just for public safety awareness, we did wash our hands when we were done. Thank you. Everyone knows the men's bathroom is closed among the adults that I'm with, but no one knows why. Now, I use the process of elimination. All of the faculty, all of the teachers and the principals are women. Everyone on our team, at Nicardo, you've got Braden, you've got me, and you've got Brian. So it's one of four. So at least that worked in my favor. We know it's one of us. Any Jamaican teacher who's in there knows it's one of us. It's one of these four guys. Yeah. As we get to school Wednesday, as we get in, Nicardo's on the bus with us, and he says, Hartley, Hartley, the plumber's here. 
Wednesday afternoon, when we go out for a break or for a recess, I see the plumber out in the in this field outside the school chipping away at a stone, a square stone in the ground. And immediately I know he's chipping away to get access to the pipe underneath. As it's wrapping up and the kids are going in, he's trying to pull it up. He can't. I go over there and help him. He pull it open. When it opens up, I see it's completely dry, and it is where two pipes connect. There's a shutoff valve. I said this out loud. Oh, this is bad news. He looks in there, and he goes, dry? So he expected that to be a mess so he could get it. I said, yeah, that seems like more bad news. That's Wednesday. He was there. He was there again on Thursday. We saw him again on Friday. On Thursday afternoon, the principal informed me that the plumber had found and so she said, yeah, he found something. So she said, don't you worry about that anymore. You don't give it any thought, mom. I wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. I was thinking, man, this thing is going to be lodged up. And now they're going to say, yeah, we used to have a men's bathroom in the staff room, but the, you know, a whitey came and wrecked it. We'll be right back. Listener. It's been quite some time since I've done this, but I thought I'd take some time to endorse my wife's podcast. It's called Enneagram You with Damon and Kelly. It is an outstanding podcast that addresses the Enneagram, how to be our true selves, and how to just be the best person we can possibly be. Whether you want to learn about the Enneagram, or you're aware of the Enneagram, want to learn about your number, or if you just want to know how to get along with other people, they've got it covered. They've got a great catalog of episodes for you to choose from, where they discover the mysteries of the human personality and help you learn more about you. It's called Enneagram You. You can find their podcast wherever you listen. Now, where were we? Uh, I was reminded that initially... The F-bomb was always going to be something that started with F. Yeah. I think we got away from that. Probably did. Well, obviously we did. So now the question is, do we go back to that? I don't know. Did I say they had to be started with F or was that when I had forgotten things evolve and they change and that's good and right. this is what we have now? No one's complaining on the hotline because no one's contacting the hotline. Hey, can we get Taylor Swift on the show? No. Ah, darn it. What's happening in the financial world? Literally nothing. The Fed met again, decided to pause again. They were clear in their testimony that, uh, hey, I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This isn't how Chairman Powell testified. Hey, I think we're done. Uh, we're going to quit raising rates. But hey, Wall Street, shame on you. You got all excited. You started talking about six rate cuts. That's not going to happen. We're not even sure when we're going to start cutting rates. So just relax. So that was good. Markets are up. Arm Holdings, they're up 50% today. Facebook blew stuff out of the water. Amazon blew stuff out of the water. Earnings are off the freaking charts. Economy looks good. Growth was revised upward. Uh, inflation's down. Unemployment, down. I just want to say this. If you still think that the economy is going to crash this year, we should have a talk. Absolutely no evidence. Nothing that is pointing to that. that. Nothing is, nothing has. And I did play a clip from my class Tuesday of Larry Kudlow, being interviewed on Fox News. If you're a loyal Fox it's News. interesting you chose person. Fox News, but. I didn't ahead. choose it. Okay. I saw the clip on CNN. Okay. Dot com, because I don't watch TV, as some of you know. Larry Kudlow, for the, those of you who don't know, is somewhat of an esteemed economist. And he was the national economic advisor for Donald Trump, at least for a couple of years, because nobody stays four. So a couple of those years, he was the economic advisor. After the election, as many programs, on Fox have been prone to do. They continue to say, the economy's going to crash, the economy's going to crash, this is horrible, you should all buy gold, buy ammunition, this is going to be Armageddon. To which I kept saying, well, let's just see what the data says. So he said, I was wrong about the economy going into a recession. That wasn't news. Everyone knows. Everyone wrong. knew that. So then the host of the show, this is on Fox Business News, goes, 
no, you weren't. <laughs> and I went, so I paused the clip in my class. I said, all right, let's just evaluate what just happened here. You have a Fox News host who's not an economist who just corrected a well-known <laughs> economist who said, I was wrong about the economy. It is growing. We're not going to have a recession. Tell me why you think she would do that. Because it's part of their agenda. Exactly. So I said, you got to remember who the audience is. And I'm not saying good, bad, right, wrong. I'm just saying, remember who the audience is. This is a for-profit entity. Yes. They're doing exactly what you would do if you were manufacturing T-shirts or sneakers or whatever. They're giving their customer what their customer wants to hear. Exactly. So even though this guy, who is a darling of the right-wing conservative movement, when he before he was a political advisor to Trump, that's how, what he was known as. Like I say, he's somewhat renowned. He just says, we're not going to have a recession. I was wrong. And the host corrects him. That, that's, that's what we're doing here, right? It's give the customer what right. they want so they keep tuning in. And I just have to make sure these kids understand that, whether they're watching MSNBC or NPR or Fox. This is what it's about. Another part of the clip, and this is only like a two-minute clip, another part of the clip brought a, uh, a poll up on the screen. And I paused it again. I said, let's take a look at this poll. 78% of the people in the poll said the economy's heading in the wrong direction and it's bad news ahead. Who are they polling? And then I noticed in really small print at the bottom of the graphic, it's a Fox News poll. Yeah, of course. And I said, okay, keep in mind again, we don't know how many are in this. We don't have any information on the methodology, but look who they're interviewing. The people who they've been telling for four years, the world right. sucks. You got to do something about it. We got to get our country back. Immigrants are the stain in our blood, you know, all that shit. So here they are interviewing their own people and they get eight out of 10 said the economy sucks. Yeah. Well, that's just absolutely not the facts. And I get so tired of having to correct all this misinformation in my industry, but God bless it. I'm going to keep doing it until I take my last breath because it annoys me so much. It's, it is very annoying. And, it, right? it's, it's everywhere. Either it's with side, everything. Either side. I'm not picking on Fox. That just happened to be the clip I caught. Right. And like I said, I, I've got nothing against Larry Kudlow. If you're the expert and you say, I was wrong, the interviewer shouldn't say, no, you weren't. It annoys me. So that's my F-bomb for the day. NPR should be everyone's first source because- They are typically right in the neutral spot. Yes. They, in the they will have times where but if you talk they, to a give Fox a, listener, they give a nod one way or the other, but yeah. it's just a little nod. It's not- A Fox listener will tell you the NPR is liberal. Exactly. And I guess relative to, the, to their position, perhaps they are. There are some news networks, and I'm like you. I don't. I don't watch. I I, I did it one time no in my life. Well, they've become entertainment. Yeah, I don't. I just don't watch. But that's how these net. I mean, they. It is a business. They are networks. Absolutely. They rely on viewers. They can say, "What is it that Fox used to have as their um, fair and balanced?" They would always say fair and balanced. But I'm like, they're not fair and balanced because once you realize that the demographic of who tunes in the most is, let's just say strongly conservative, you're no longer fair and balanced at that point because you're not giving that. It would be choice. like saying that Iowa is representative of the United States. Exactly. Iowa's Iowa. Right. But don't try to extrapolate that and say this is a reflection of what the entire United States looks like because it's not. It's not. Listener, you're listening to Faith, Finances, and F-bombs. Politics covers all three. <laughs> Time for a brief interruption. Hi, listener. This is Hartley, and I want to tell you about my new podcast. I'm debuting in two months. 
It's called Side of Fries, and it will be an ongoing discussion about French fries. French fries? Uh, really? No. Well, we might talk about French fries because we will be discussing food on Side of Fries. F-R-I-E-S. We will talk food trucks, restaurants. We will interview restaurateurs, chefs, cooks, foodies. The experience of eating in the establishment. Oh, my. That E took on some alliteration, and it's getting so thick it's spilling over into the S and multiplying it as well to include snacks and sweets, but S really represents smorgasbord, not in terms of an appetizer buffet per se, but also the entire spread of food, critique, and recommendations my co-host Judd LaFranz and I will lay out on the table for you. Judd and I will discuss food in Columbia, Missouri and the surrounding region, as well as southern Iowa. We can't ignore our cashew chicken fans of Springfield. We're going to talk about KC Food, St. Louis, and beyond. The best part is you will get a say and the content we provide. This podcast is called Side of Fries and you can look for our preview episodes in April 2024 on your favorite streaming platform. And we're back. I have a very special, unique, unusual approach to our faith segment today and I'm going to do something that I don't normally do and that is just take a passage of scripture and read and talk through that and hopefully we can all glean something that is applicable to our lives that would be a benefit and something that enhances our lives in some way in a spiritual sense as a result of doing so. I'm going to read and talk about a passage from Luke 15. Luke 15 is one of the gospels in the Bible and in Luke 15 there are three stories about loss. God and the person of Jesus telling parables, which are earthly stories with a heavenly meaning, and they all have to do with lost things. So there's the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then what I'm going to talk about today, the parable of the lost son. In Luke 15, beginning with verse 11, Jesus says, once there was this man who had two sons, and one day, did I mention? I said the lost son, but I also say it's the prodigal son. Many people may not have any knowledge of the Bible, but they know the story of the prodigal son. So the younger son went to his father and says, Father, hey, eventually I'm going to get to inherit my share of your estate. So rather than waiting on you to die, I want to give my share now. And I love this story because the (laughs) drama starts right out of the gate. You normally don't ask for your father's inheritance while he is still alive. I can I can verify that is true. Yes, you normally do not do that. So here we have an arrogant young man who wants to take care of himself with no respect for his father and actually no respect for his family either. So the father liquidated his assets and divided them and a few days passed and uh, the younger son gathered all his wealth and he packed up and he set off and, and left home and went to a distant country. And once there, he wasted everything he owned on wild living. He was broke, and in that land that he went to, in that country, a terrible famine struck that country, and he felt desperately hungry and in need. This is what I think is called hitting the bottom. He tried to hire himself out. He got a job with one of the locals who sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. Now, he has really hit bottom, because in Jewish culture at that time, and in Jewish culture today, Pigs are not allowed to be eaten. Pigs are not allowed to be dealt with. They consider pigs dirty. So you so you really could not even associate with pigs. So he's been hired out, and now he's a man who's associating with pigs, which is the lowest of the lowest of the low. He's really at rock bottom. So the young man felt so miserably hungry that he wished he could eat the slop that the pigs were eating. Nobody gave him anything. So he has this moment of self-reflection. What am I doing here? 
If I were home, even the hired hands that my father has gets fed and they get fed well, and I'm his son. So I'll get up, I'll return to my father, and he begins to practice what he's going to say because obviously he's a young man. He's really scared, terrified, thinking his son, his dad's not going to like him or have favor on him. So he says he practices. I'll get up and return and I'll say, Father, I've done wrong against God and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Will you please just treat me as one of your hired servants? So he gets up and he does that. He takes his trip. He returns to his father. And the father looked off in the distance and saw the young man returning. And he felt compassion for his son and ran off to him, enfolding him in an embrace and kissed him. Now, this is the image for every person who's ever done it wrong. And you've done it wrong. I've done it wrong. Listener, you've done it wrong. Really, it's all of us. All of us have done it wrong. And we never really get back to God. Even when I, even in my own life, when I've said, got to make my path and kind of get back on track with God, I never really get back to God. God comes running toward us. So God runs after me. He runs after you. And so the Father's representative of God. And then the Son says exactly what he practiced. Father, I've done a terrible wrong in God's sight and in your sight. Please let me just, I, I no longer need to be your son. Here's the response of God to the unworthy, self-hating son which again is all of us. And his response is, he turned to his servants and said, quick, bring the best robe we have and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. So get the fattest calf and butcher it. Let's slaughter that calf. Let's have a feast and celebrate because my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and has been found. And so they have this very huge party. I just want to say in the whole New Testament, Jesus' constant image for heaven or eternal life is a banquet. And again and again, there is this division at a banquet between those who were willing to come and those who aren't willing to come. And the reason they aren't willing to come is because it's not the banquet they expect. It's not the banquet they want. And so the second son symbolizes everything that's done right, which quite frankly, at some point in our life has been all of us. Many of us have done things right. The older son was still out in the fields working. He came home at the end of the day and heard music and dancing And he called one of the servants and asked what was going on. And the servant told him, he said, your brother's returned and your father has slaughtered the fattest calf to celebrate his safe return because he has him back. All he wants is to have him back. God doesn't want you to be perfect. God doesn't want us to have to jump through any hoops. God doesn't want us to have to try to fit our lives in a certain way. God just wants us at, he just wants you to be at the party. He wants us all to be at the party. So the older brother got really angry and refused to come inside. Does this sound like any family relationships no, you know about? can't imagine. So he got really angry, refused to go in, and his father came out. And even his father says, he comes out and he pleads with him, and he says, come on, come join the celebration. But he argued back. Listen, all these years I've worked hard for you. I've never disobeyed one of your orders. And Kevin, I believe that that's probably true. He probably did do that. But it didn't make him a loving person. It made him an entitled person and a proud person. Sounds like most of the Christians I know, to be quite honest. <laughs> we just lost a listener. <laughs> so this, the, the older son continues. But how many times have you, I've, I've never disobeyed you, but how many times have you even given me a little goat to roast for a party with my friends? Not once. This is not fair. So this son of yours comes. Notice he says, the son of yours. He doesn't refer to him as his brother. Right. He says, this son of yours has come with this wasteful delinquent who has spit your hard-earned wealth on loose women, which is an assumption. The Bible never really says anything, but 
on loose women, and what do you do? You butcher the fattest calf from our herd. The father does not give up, even though the son has been very rude and rejecting him. The father is the father God. The son is all of us. We're all both sons, and we can either stand and reject what he's provided, or we can return and accept what's undeserved, the undeserved love, the undeserved forgiveness, or we can say, I deserve more and start weighing and counting and measuring. That's what I talked about in a previous episode. And most kids do that. Which one of us among the siblings is getting the most? So the father replied, my son, you are always with me and all I have is yours. Isn't it right to join in the celebration and be happy? This is your brother we're talking about. He was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found again. I'm sharing this today because it seems on some level we need to be lost before we can be found You need to go down before you can go up. You need to lose it before you can realize what you have lost. You need to do it wrong before you can get it right. The elder son couldn't admit that he ever did anything wrong, and that's the proud place, and the gospel story ends with that line. There's no indication in the rest of the New Testament that the elder son ever came to the party. He just sits outside, probably (laughs) pounding Mm -hmm. and complaining, blaming and hating his older brother. Quite honestly, that's an easy stance when you don't get what you want, what you think you deserve, I'll just say, as I said previously, it's all a gift. It's all a gift. Everything from the moment of your conception, it's all a gift to celebrate and be grateful for that gift is the very meaning of the party. But regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've done, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what type of son, and I've already said, we've all been in both places. The younger son, more common. I think. Regardless of that, God just wants us at the party and he doesn't ask anything. When he sees us coming to him or longing for him, he will run to us and embrace us and take us in. He wants us at the party. That's our faith segment for today. It's a really well-known parable even outside of Christianity. Yes, that's right. A very well-known parable and a very, very familiar story. So widely known outside of Christianity that you see it in many dramatizations of all kinds. Sure. Films. Great. So it's so popular, I felt like, yeah, it's such a popular one, we need to have it on our podcast. All right. So there we are. 